Welcome to the LAPUX podcast, where we feature practical insights on how to lead with authenticity and courage in a changing world. This podcast is part of a growing collection of conversations with thought leaders in the corporate and nonprofit world who exemplify Christ-centered leadership. These thought leaders influence and contribute to meaningful professional development opportunities that seed our growing list of certificates and digital badges designed by our award-winning team who create world-class learning experiences that put humanity back into learning. Join us today in this journey to innovate and show the world what agile learning can be. Hello, listeners, and thank you once again for taking the time to listen into this podcast series called Resilient Leaders in a VUCA World. And for those of you who haven't been listening for a while, uh, we've been going through what a VUCA leader might look like, being visionary, being understood, being courageous, and being agile. Now we're starting to talk about some specific skills and disciplines that VUCA leaders just need to have to survive in these disruptive times. And so um, we spoke about thoughtful communication, how we have to be more thoughtful in communicating. And today we're going to talk about a strange, a strange term, imperfect decision-making. With me, I have Dan Fasner, who's the president and CEO of J&B Snack Foods. Uh, Dan and I have known each other for a while, um, and I've always appreciated his leadership as a chief executive been a strong mentor and coach to me. And we've had a little discussion over blog in terms of 100% data to make a decision whether you really need that. So Dan, welcome and thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thank you, John. I'm excited to be here. I've, uh, I've enjoyed listening and reading some of the blogs. I think you've done a really good job with it. And so I'm excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you. You're now in the series. So thank you for doing that. <laughs> so uh, Dan, um, Something that I, I've been talking about, and I just wrote on this topic on imperfect decision-making, and I used a quote from uh, Robert Greenleaf, which is not normally somebody you would quote in terms of decision-making, but I right. thought it was interesting that he made this statement. He says, on an important decision, one really has 100% of the information needed for a good decision, no matter how much one spends or how long one waits. And if one waits too long, he has a different problem, and has to start all over. This is the terrible dilemma of the hesitant decision maker. Is that a statement you agree with, disagree with? What's your position as an experienced CEO? Yeah, you know, I think I could almost argue both sides of that point, John, a little bit, but I, I absolutely do agree with it because if you wait too long for any one decision, often the information changes, right? And so one of the things that I say in our business all the time is I want to hear the bad news right away. I can hear the good news, when you get to it and when we have a chance to talk, but I want to hear the bad news right away. And part of that with bad news, sometimes you can make a decision immediately to affect that type of uh, uh, bad news that you get. And so I agree. It's important to hear it and it's important to hear it soon. Right. And sometimes you don't have all the information that you need to make the decision. Uh, and so I think that's very, very important that times you're going to have to do that. I also think there are times, though, that you really want to hear all the information and you want to really sift it through to make sure that you're understanding the decision that you're making. Yeah. Do you have any kind of personal experiences or stories you can tell us about when you wish you had waited and made a decision or when you waited too long before you made a call? I'm going to give you one that's more recent than anything else. In the midst of all these things that we've been going on in the crisis and the COVID and in the post-COVID period, 
One of the things that we've had to do at J&J is to change our ERP system. And so we've been working on this new ERP system for quite some time. Honestly, it's been in process for about five years. And as we came to the point of it's time to flip that switch, it's time to change, uh, there were a lot of questions asked, a lot of decisions that needed to be made. We went ahead and decided that we're going to go ahead and do it. It's been one of those conversions, which isn't unusual, that hasn't gone well, right? Uh, that has affected our supply chain piece of our business. And so what I've learned through that is the longer it's taken us to make a decision to go live, the more some of that information became invalid and that we've had to go back and now recorrect that once we did go live because it took too long to make a decision, which really implies the exact question you asked me to begin with. If you wait too long, is a decision different than it was to begin with? And that's one of these cases for us that we're living through right now. Yeah, because often in that period of time, stakeholders change, interests change, the world changes, and even your business objectives probably change. And so that does become a challenge with it. Have you seen, I mean, that's, that's something that's a fairly long period, but have you seen your decision-making style change in the last two years during the pandemic? Right. You know, I think we talked about early during the COVID period that, you know, decision-making had to be a lot different than it was in the past. And part of that is because I use this quote all the time, a, a day was like a week, a week was like a month, a month is like a year during the COVID period of time, and things could change so rapidly. Uh, and so I think that did change our decision-making ideas and the way that you would go about it. One of the things that's so important to me when you're making a decision is asking the questions. I've said that my whole career is ask the question, ask the follow-up question and ask the third question. So you best understand the issue to be able to make a decision. And uh, certainly during this period of time that we're in over the past two years, you've had to progress that quickly because times change in a really rapid pace. What have you learned in the last two years in terms of being a, a chief executive, in terms of decision-making that you want to keep on doing? It's different from where it was perhaps prior to you know, 2020. What is sustainable? What would you want to keep on doing that you hadn't done prior to 2020? Yeah, I think one of the most important things that I've learned during this period of time, I talked about asking the question, but really listening. Right. And, and so often we want to talk and not listen well. And I think today in this world, you have to really understand the issue better than you ever had to understand it in the past because the world's changed at a rapid pace. And so kind of what I say is that same tradition that people have talked about is, you know, we have two ears and one mouth. Make sure you use in both ears and really listen and listen strong. And then, uh, as I just said a minute ago, don't be afraid to ask the follow-up question. Make sure you understand the issue really thoroughly before you jump into making the decision. What do you use as the practice? Because, I mean, when do you stop listening, right? Because you, you, we have this analysis paralysis, right? right? When do you stop listening and say, okay, well, the, the rubber band's been stretched as far as it can. We have to make a call around. Do you have a technique for that? Or do you have a practice? Or do you think it's just good discernment, judgment? Yeah, I'm not a person that delays in uh, getting to the point and getting to the spot where I can make a decision. That's just not my style and never has been. And so I'll say this, I'll kind of talk to you through the process, which we've talked about some already, but I will also tell you, uh, it goes quick, right? So this process may sound like it's a week long, but it's probably not a week long. 
I really love to understand the decision that I'm trying to make. And so I will ask the question. The boss that I grew up with, my mentor over the years, just used to always preach that. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the follow-up question. Don't be afraid to ask the dumb question. So you really can get to the bottom of what the issue is. So I'll do that. I'll try to understand what it is. I'll listen really well as I'm hearing back. I'll seek advice. I love diversified opinions, right? And so I want to hear from each angle of our business how this can impact them, whether that be good or whether that be bad. I want to hear each angle. And we used to say, John, even as we work together, diversification helps make you make the best decisions. So I like to hear that and then make a quick decision on it. And when I say that, that process that sounds like it might last for a while really goes pretty fast. And, and it's important that you make it fast all the way back to your first point. If you wait too long, you may miss the point of what you needed to do. Right. And the, and the world changed in, in the interim uh, right. while, that, while that's happening. So uh, you know, we've been talking about, and often we talk about uh, as leaders, we data-driven in terms of our decision-making. And then People say, well, it's not really data. Yeah, we really want um, information. Now we start to hear, no, we don't really want information. We want to be interpreted. We're looking for knowledge. We make decisions based on knowledge, et cetera. Do you have those kind of conversations with your leadership team or how would they portray that style of decision-making? We talk about that all the time. And data-driven decisions are becoming more and more popular in this day and age, right? But I'll also say, I still have a really gut feel for the business and I like to use that gut along the way. We are becoming more data-driven though. We belong to several different sites that help us understand the data and we use that data really well. I've recently brought in a new senior vice president of sales on the J&J side and he's extremely data-driven. And so he's trying to teach the sales team how to look at that. I have a COO here at the IC company that kind of has posted up on his billboard and data will trust and all else bring data again, right? And so <laughs> he just insists on data before he makes that kind of decision. Uh, I think it's really important. I think that we're getting more of that part of our ERP changeover that we just talked about allows us to have better data. It allows us to be able to see the flow uh, of our supply chain much better than we were able to see before and to make the right proper decisions around that. However, I still think a real gut for your business and understanding your business is where some of the best decisions are made. Yeah, business intelligence is becoming more and more critical. How do you make intelligence of the data that we're getting? And like you say, that's an objective, but eventually you get to a point you have to make a subjective decision. This is what I believe will work and um, that, that's how we'll go from there. Right. So Dan, uh, this has been a great conversation. Perhaps just one last question to see if there were kind of two principles that you would give to emerging leaders, if you were mentoring or coaching a young leader today who was uh, kind of on the CEO track, what would those, other than the whys, right? The six whys, why, 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 why? Is there anything else you'd give in terms of principles that our listeners and our emerging leaders can take away regarding decision-making? Sure. I think I'm going to focus it around decision-making because that's what we've been talking about. And so what I would tell a new leader and do tell new leaders is to really understand the point of what they're trying to get to, right? And to listen to them. What I see often is they think they know the data and they think they know the business and they'll make a decision too quick, right? right. As opposed to being confident enough to be able to know when to make that decision. And then here's a second point that I would do. Don't be afraid to readjust, right? Mm -hmm. 
we think that if we make a decision, especially as young leaders, we think if we make a decision, we got to back it up all the way down the wrong trail, right? Often we'll make a decision, we'll see the issue, decide that that wasn't the right direction, and it's okay to redirect. It really is. That shows a sign of strength to your people. That shows that you're able to stop in the midst of something and say, you know what? Maybe this wasn't the right direction that we talked about. Maybe we have to turn left instead of turning right. Uh, we thought this was right. We listened to the data. We talked to the customer. We made a really good decision. We were sure about it. But guess what? We're going to have to turn and turn left instead. Don't be afraid to say, hey, I think we should do it a different way, even after you've made that decision in a particular direction. Yeah, I'm hearing the mantra more and more, uh, fail once and fail fast and be able to, uh, to uh, admit that to the group that you're in front of, yeah. right? Hey, we, we collectively made a really good decision and um, it's turned out a different way. So now let's regroup and, and uh, think about that one more time. Yeah, that's a mark of an authentic and a transparent leader, right? Absolutely. So Dan, thanks so much for your insights and input. I appreciate it. I'm sure our, our listeners will do that as well. Next, we'll have the privilege of having uh, Lenny Moon with us. Lenny is the CEO of a company that is working with cryptocurrency as an alternative to frequent flyer miles. In this business, he partners with hotels, car rental agencies, and airlines, and has a lot to share with networking and collaboration, and that is the topic for our next conversation. So I look forward to having you listen in to Lenny and this conversation on how to network and collaborate in disruptive times. Dan, thank you again so much for being with us and listeners look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the LAPUX podcast. We sincerely hope you enjoyed learning something new today and that you have at least one takeaway to use immediately in your professional life. Please take a few seconds to review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. We value your feedback so highly because we're doing this for you. Please also subscribe to this podcast where we will be providing you with leadership training and resources as we hear from more Christian leaders from all over the world. Connect with us on social media so we can journey by learning together. All of our channels are listed in the show description. Before you go, we want to invite you to visit x.lapu.edu to see the courses that we've created for you. Check back often as we are always developing new offerings. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, we're here to help you become a better you. So check out x.lapu.edu.